0: Monday. Welcome to Love Bass, Love Talk on Bass Rolls Ivy. Yes, you can hear it in my voice. I've got this whole allergy situation. So, so let me tell you how this all gets started. So, when I was at bar, I had the salad with the candied walnuts, which I didn't know there were candied walnuts in the salad. I'm not allergic to salad or walnuts. I'm allergic to butter. And butter is used to candy, walnuts. And so it's because of that I'm sick. Uh, but it's not a bad sickness because I got a whole cocktail of medication. Uh, but it's enough to to slow me down and give me a little bit of a, uh, uh, just, it just, I know I'm in an uh, uh, allergy episode, a dairy allergy episode. So that's why, you know, when I go places, I got to, I gotta uh I gotta go deep and figure out what's what, what's what I didn't know there was walnuts in the salad because you couldn't see them. So when I got it on my plate and I ate them, I was like, oh, there's candy So I didn't eat any more salad. I stopped right then and there. And uh I mean it wasn't enough to save me, but so I'm so I'm suffering a little bit and uh a little sluggish, a, a lot of pain, but that's I mean we push on, right? i've been conf- i've been uh confronting this deology for the better part of my adult life, so it's not new what what is new is that um uh this episode hasn't crippled me like it usually you know in the past I'd be down like I wouldn't even be able to be up right now so so this is this is a plus so anyway, I hope you all are well. Uh I am well considering. So let me let me take you back old school. Good morning, Harry. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, all the people at WH. Good morning, all the people in their car was driving and listening to me. Yeah, it is a little bit of a a, a struggle to talk. Not not a terrible struggle, but you know, I could feel myself getting out of breath. So that's just a uh one of the one of the perks of having a severe dairy allergy. Uh, your lungs fill with mucus and so your lungs get very heavy and uh, and so I'm having that so I, I've got my inhaler I had a couple of puff puffs last night I got some men I got a cocktail so I had some of that so I'm I'm up I'm good so anyway today is uh October 16th and let me let me take you back to the weekend so I always take you back to like I don't know Thursday uh which was really really nice. So, uh Thursday was the 12th. Uh, I hosted the conversation for Black Barbie documentary which just got picked up by Shondaland. So they are re-editing that thing and it's going to come to Netflix. Woohoo! So you'll get a chance to see it. And so I had a good a good chat with the uh producer and uh it was wonderful. So Nice conversation. Uh so that was Thursday night and it was raining. It's been raining every weekend for like months. And then Friday the 13th which was good. Uh I don't know what I did on Friday. Somebody have to I don't have it in my calendar so I couldn't tell you where I was. I know I was with my my law school coach so maybe I was home. Oh god, I don't even know where I was. So anyway, so that was that. Saturday, I spent the whole day at the Afrofuturism Summit at Next Haven. And I got to have a conversation. Uh, One of the the breakouts was a conversation I had with um, uh, Keem Hewley, who uh, owns Bronze in DC, which is an Afrofuturism, uh, a black Afro, well, Afrofuturism is black. Uh, restaurant in dc called bronze and so uh he cooked some really beautiful mushrooms Uh, but his luggage got his luggage didn't make it onto the flight uh from dc to new haven so uh so he had to go to the stopping shop and get some stuff oh friday thank you ife Friday we went to see um uh, um uh Maren Jones's uh film The Kings of The King of Kings. Now this damn film was fascinating. And we thought we were late but we made it just in the nick of time. So these three brothers in Chicago uh the jo- Jones, the Joneses and uh uh they ran a numbers racket. Which was called policy. Now nobody was messing with them. Police wasn't messing with them. Nobody was messing with them. This is in the 1920s, somewhere around there. So uh uh you know, before prohibition. So so policy was and if you you if you if you grew up black in any inner city kind of vibe, numbers is a big deal. So they uh Their father was a big time preacher. They lived in Mississippi. They were well-to-do black people in Mississippi, but some mess jumped off as always does with white people who don't want you to have nothing. And so uh, they ended up packing up their stuff and leaving it under the cloak of darkness, fleeing to uh, Chicago. And they set up in Chicago. And so uh, one of the, they were all well-to-do educated brothers uh but uh one brother wanted to go to law school wanted to go to med school got into med school had a tough time because you know white people and their mess so uh they they needed a a, uh avocation so they knew numbers was happening so they got into the numbers game and organized it and structured it and was respectful they were known for paying on time treating people well not playing games and they made a lot of money a lot of money like boo, boo cobs of money or what we used to say boo money boo money and uh and the story was about the uh the grand she's the granddaughter she's a granddaughter telling this story about her family which started out You know how we look up family stuff we started out looking up family stuff and her grandmother never told them the story about this life and this money. And their family is spread out around the world because of these three brothers that was running this number game. So of course, white people, the mob gets involved, wants to muscle in. And the mob is, you know, pure violence. All they do is bring violence. So of course they bring violence to the door and uh, they leave again. This time they run to Paris. They stay in Paris until the war breaks out. Then they got the come the hell back to the United States. The United States was not welcoming. They hung out here for a while, still running the numbers game, more mobsters and their foolishness. Then the police get involved. Then the government gets involved because white people want money. So um, then they flew to South America, opened up a successful businesses in South America. I mean, it's just a fascinating, fascinating and it's well done. So it's produced by Quincy Jones, who grew up with these people, not related to them, but his father, his father or grandfather ran numbers with these cats. So they all came up together. So he's good friends with the grandmother because they were kids together. It is a beautifully done story. I enjoyed talking to her uh, so much. I didn't host the conversation, I wished I would have. because that would have been good. And listen, these black folks, unlike the mob, unlike the organized crime uh of today and yesterday, these brothers, they took care of the whole community. They didn't just like live well, they wanted everybody in the community to live well. So, if you needed your rent paid or whatever, whatever, they do all this stuff, make sure there was food, make sure the schools had what they needed. They did all this stuff. So, I this the story is the precursor to how we have organized a uh, lottery system. It was because of the policy and the policy meaning this numbers racket that they would do it. was the precursor to what we call the state lotteries today. They they are the architects of that. You know, you couldn't even be mad at them. Right? You could I couldn't even be mad at them. It was a, it's an ama- it's an amazing it's an amazing story. So if you get a chance to watch it, (coughs) it's the King of Kings. And I think she started to tell the story because she went back to Chicago to find out more about them because she didn't want this, you know, she just couldn't believe her grandmother's story. Not that she couldn't believe her grandmother's story, but she wanted to know, she wanted to go back to where it all began. The buildings are still standing. All the stuff is still standing. So it's a fascinating story. So she, she, she lives in uh, uh, France, in Paris. Uh, but she's got relatives in South America. They've got, they found relatives, descendants of these three black men. This, their, her, her father, her I mean her grandfather and her grandfather's brothers, all the way to Australia. That's how far and wide the roots go. You know, because when people leave, they go, they settle, whatever, they marry, they intermarry, they do all this stuff. So that was fascinating 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 i'd like to see it again it was so well done it it, it feels like a graphic novel like you're watching a graphic novel that's how entertaining it was and uh fabulous so so it was produced by debbie allen and uh, quincy jones uh but it's so well done so that was that was thursday night and that opened up the film festival the new haven Docs film festival it was great wonderful crowd of people um, you know, they had food and wine, all that kind of stuff. It was like their gala. Uh, and then Friday the 13th. Uh, no, no, Thursday was the Black Barbie. Friday was the King of Kings, the film film that we saw. And then Saturday, we spent the whole day at Next Haven for the Afro um, Afro Futurism Summit, which was so well done. High five, Winita Sunday. She should be in the bed today, sleeping her ass off. It was an amazing day of Black think, Black talk into the future uh, with a nod to the past, right? Like no one like didn't talk about the past, but you know, you square yourself in the future, thinking about us in the future. So it was, it was beautiful, the keynote, uh, Dr. Anderson from uh, wherever he was from, he was great. I was I was so impressed. I could tell you what it was. Uh, uh, they had some great Dr. Ronaldo uh, Anderson. He was the keynote, and then they had young black and out of this world, which was uh Sha and uh, uh, and a couple of young sisters on the stage talking about you know young black and out of this world, how to be creatives. You know, just really talking about how to be creatives in this space. Um, There was a Finding Your North Star workshop, which I didn't attend, but I think Ife went to. She thought it was really, really good. Um, Two o'clock, there was Building a Black Tomorrow. Then there was a, they had a bunch of DJs, which was really nice. All girl, uh, a couple of DJs. They were, they were slaying. So it was really nice. Black in the metaverse, um, exploring futurism through Afrofuturism through food. That was my talk my conversation with um, Keem. So it was really, it was a really impactful day. Then they had a a black ass lounge downstairs. So you could go and play games. You could chill. You could, um, they had some print, some screen printing happening. So if you want to learn how to silk screen and all that kind of stuff, they was doing that. Uh, I mean, it was great. There was a food truck outside, uh, cool runnings, Caribbean folks. So, I mean, they had food, they had snacks water it was it was well done it was well well done i enjoyed it very much um and then uh at the end of the day they had a a closing uh speaker uh let's see her name was uh her name is uh ingrid lafleur who uh spends all her time talking about uh afrofuturism Uh, i believe she's a professor at a university and she she uh Spends her time talking about Afrofuturism and 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 building steps toward doing that in communities. So, so that was nice. So there was the Third Space Arcade Lounge. Uh, there was a printmaker screen screen printing, uh, and then there were vendors. Oh my God! They were the only the only vendors that I didn't buy anything from was uh, key books because I can't buy another book. Lord Hammers, I just bought a book from uh Possible Future. So I can't buy any more books. I keep saying that, but yet I buy books. Gotta be a 12 step program somewhere in the world for uh, my name is Babs, And uh I'm a I'm a chronic book buyer, addictive book buyer. And then so uh, so it was a uh, Warm Jungle, Ashley the Creator, Herbal Jones. I bought the minty tea. This is what I'm drinking this morning. Because I, I already have tea from her that I got from some other event. Uh, I think I got the tea that I got from her from uh, um, Elm City Lit Fest. I think it was Lit Fest, or maybe it was Black Wall Street. It was one of them. Was, she was somewhere, and I bought I bought a tea, and I like it. So I I was I was walking by, and I said, "Listen, what you got for the morning?" She's like, "I got just a thing. Got some Egyptian mint, so it was minty morning tea." So I've been drinking it ever since. So I love it. And then uh my soror pretty Africa. I brought some earrings. Let me, let me, I think I could put my hands on them. Oh no, I can't, they're too high up. But I bought two pair of earrings. Cause you know, I books and earrings. That's my weakness. That I, if, if, if I was a spy and they needed to bribe me, earrings, earrings and books would do it. And and vegan cheesecake or something like that. Like that would that would make me tell you anything so uh so pretty africa i brought a whole bunch of incense because they were like two for five dollars and she was burning these incense and they had the whole building smelling amazing so i was like oh i've got to get so they were like two for five dollars, so i got four uh and then makita bead and soul let's see uh there was a sister selling plants i didn't want to risk plants i've got i got two plants and it takes everything i have to just to keep these two alive So I didn't want to add a third one, even though three is my lucky number. I didn't want to add a third one and not pay no attention to it. And she was like, oh, you only have to water it once a month. And then you wouldn't have to transfer it out of the glass vase until a year. And I was like, "Mm, even though those odds sound good, I'd find some way to mess that up. So I was like, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going to do it. Not going to do it. Don't do it, girl. I'm not going to do it. Don't do it, girl. I'm not going to do it. And swear to God, I didn't do it. So it was good. It was really, really a wonderful day. It was a rainy day, a cool day, but it was nice. So that was Saturday, and then after that, I went home. I was supposed to go to a party. My good friend, Parissa, um, threw a party, and uh, by the time I got out of the Afro Afro Futurism Summit, it was like eight o'clock. And uh, I just was wore out. And I was already starting to begin to feel how I sound now. I was already at the beginning. I mean, I had a cough, the whole thing. But I didn't feel like I needed to lay. I, I didn't feel like, because when I'm sick, let me tell you, it's a it's a thing. It's a whole thing. But because I'm on these, these new cocktails, it's, it lessens the effect of the allergy. So, so I was already starting to feel this way from uh, Wednesday when I had what I had. Uh, And I was trying to beat it back. But anyway, so we left out Friday. I was just so tired. I was like, I'm just going to go home. And then I've got all this law school application stuff that's hanging over my head. So I was like, all right, let me let me just go. I'm not going to make this party. Uh, I got up. uh, I didn't go to the party Saturday night. Got up Sunday, though. Uh, We knew we were going to go to uh, Amplify the Arts because Amplify the Arts was Saturday and Sunday. We knew we was going to be there Saturday, so we went Sunday. And we knew we was going to stay at Amplify the Arts for a little bit because uh, the Perfect Blend was doing uh, the 17th Annual Legendary Women's Lunch in the Scholarship Banquet, which Ife this year um, uh, is a recipient. So, of course, they had to go sit at the table, do all that, eat some food out there at the at the uh, Birchwoods Banquet Facility. Uh, so that was what. So that was so that was my Sunday. That's what I did all weekend. So it was a bunch of women that were honored this year, which was lovely. Diane X Brown from the Stetson Library, Ife Michelle, Carol Jenkins, Andrea Lobo and her mama Rosalind Lobo, uh, overseer Dorothy Muborn, uh, Rudine Ray, Mamie Smith, Lillian Townsend, who is my soror, and um, and uh, uh, Joylin Walker. <laughs> I think that's right. No, 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 no. I got that wrong. Lillian is not my sorrow. I don't think so. I'm wrong. Anyway. Anyway. It was a wonderful day. And it was nice. It was and it went very well. So uh, I sat at the table with uh Ife's nieces, who are very, very beautiful young women. They're sisters and they look so much alike, you know. Uh they have different complexions, but they are equally, equally beautiful, stunning, stunning. With I'm staring at them. I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so beautiful. Uh, and so, you know, some young people got awards, uh, some scholarship money. You know, it was good. So here's the here's the brochure. I um, know. I I and they and they were kind enough to uh, acknowledge those of us who were. Uh, who had gotten the the legendary women's award previously and they gave us roses. So I stuck mine in the vase in the kitchen. Um, that was a nice touch. You know, you don't often get that. So it was nice. So um Jeannette Sykes is out here giving sisters their their uh their flowers while we are alive and well. Here's my little badge from uh, the 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 Afro summit. It was good. I had such a good time. So the New Haven Docs... uh film festival still going on. I am doing a talk back uh uh again uh, sometime this week. <laughs> uh Wednesday. I'm doing a talk back Wednesday on another particular film. Don't ask me. I I got to look it up. I'll let you know tomorrow, but I'm doing another talk back, which is fine. I listen, I talk for a living. I love it. Not a problem for me. So, and tonight I am uh I am uh, uh, doing a a conversation uh, through the narrative project with um, uh, solving Connecticut's eviction crises, because apparently we are having a crisis. So we're going to talk about it tonight with some heavy hitters from around the the state who work on on these issues and matters uh, all the time. So we're going to talk about that tonight. So it's virtual. So if you want to log in. Um, go to the Narrow pro- pro- Project Mercy Quay. It's up on the it's on the internet. The flyers up on the internet. I've been posting it, so it should have a good uh, a good vibe. So so that's good. I mean, you know, that's a good vibe. So so that's my weekend. I had a great weekend. Uh, let me tell you, the Amplifier Arts was uh, amazing. Let me tell you something. I got I got this you know i'm enamored of uh linda Nickens. cuz you know i love her work and uh and she gave me an a angel i got an angel another one now i've got 4 and this thing is so i and i picked this one i was going to buy it cuz the i like the pink buttons on it it's just pretty you know i i love these play on colors and uh she wrapped it up and here it is here she is so uh I just love her so much so here's my angel so now I got to get all these babies hung up now 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 because I told her every time I see her when she's somewhere I'm going to uh buy an angel because you know this is the art that I want to collect that's it this is the art that I want to collect. And uh, you know, and this one was like, I don't know, $45 or something or other. So I was prepared to buy it, but she gifted it to me because she she believes I did her a kindness of some sort. You know, I don't know if I did her a kindness as much as I conveyed information. Oh dear. Ah, okay. Sorry, I should have quieted my mic, but, you know, I can't get there fast enough. Uh, couldn't get there fast enough. So what's the Jan- Janelle Monet film? Oh, 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 oh. So Six Dimension is still going on. So they're showing the film at Best Video on Thursday. Um, the Jan- And if you've not seen it, I've seen it uh, uh, when it first aired. But if you've not seen it, it would probably be nice to go see it and uh, be in community with people uh, while uh, uh, while you're watching it because it's a very Afrofuturistic film. I I like it. It's it's, it's a it's a fine piece of work. So it's going to be a best video. So make your way over there and see it. Uh, best video is a little treasure. Uh, thank you, Ife. Um, Dr. Anderson is from Philadelphia. Thank you for that for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. That was a, it's a good film. So if you if you have time, Thursday, go see it. Uh I I might be able to get over there. Uh we'll see. I, this week has got a lot going on. But that's not every week though. Let me drink a little of my tea. My minty, minty tea, Egyptian mint. I don't I don't know if that makes a difference. At 10 o'clock, 10 15, I've got um I've got Ash fear coming on now, if you don't know Ash Fuhrer, and I didn't until till uh I got turned down by the the Schwartzman Center, but she's been commissioned to uh do a project at the Schwartzman Center and uh oh my gosh, this is a lot right here oh my uh, uh and uh. Let me tell you a little bit about her and about this particular project. <clears throat> so she's uh, she's going to be uh, on campus at, at the Schwartzman Center, and she's doing a listening gym. And it's an interactive sound art installation and a live musical performance. So she's doing this on the 21st, through the 28th she's going to be doing this so they the Schwarzman Center commissioned this project it's curated uh, by artist in residence Bryce Desner um, and and so guests can work out in the listening gym consume themselves in the visceral sounds of fears i hope that's i hope that's how you say her name fears Animal performance or both. The project features full-body sonic machines that function like a sensory circuit workout. You press, you lift, you lean, you lie, you exercise your animal capacity to sense. And then she performs live on a custom gym rig at a designated at designated show times throughout the run and a team of listeners works the circuit with the crowd in the wild acoustics of the dome at the Schwartzman Center. So I, I don't even know how to, I don't know beyond what I just read, what this even means. So anyway, Fuhr holds a PhD in music composition from Harvard. She's an associate professor of music at Dartmouth. She is a co-artistic director, directs the industry. Uh, she's won a Guggenheim Fellowship, a Rome Prize in Music, two Lincoln Center Emerging Artist Award, a Foundation for Contemporary Arts Grants for Artists, a DAAD Artists in Berlin Prize, a Fulbright Fellowship in, to France, uh, a Darmstadt Crane uh, Music Prize at a Busoni Prize a Stuttgart prize and a Mellon postdoctoral fellowship from Columbia university. I don't, what the hell? So uh, they, they're going to rock out. I, that's some stuff. So anyway, she's stopping. She's making a pit stop at the Schwartzman center and uh, it's impressive. Imp- I can't wait to talk to her. That's, she's got to be some level of genius brilliance. All that. All of that. So I'm, I'm interested in hearing about this whole new sound kind of experience. People are all about this sensory stuff. I'm telling you. So so that was the week. I'm telling you, I so enjoyed uh, being at the Eli Whitney Barn on Sunday. That was so fabulous. All that art. I, I just really need to have means. Because if I had means, I would really be a bigger patron of the arts and just do stuff just for the sake of art. You know, I would create my own place where artists can just do their thing, you know, for free. Like, I wouldn't charge a damn thing. I would just create a space and they could just be in residence forever and ever and ever, whoever. And, you know, we just create some space for artists to just do their thing. That's that's what I want, you know, because that's the only thing that's going to save us seriously because the world is uh let me let me just say this and get this off my chest as i know everybody is enamored not enamored everybody is holding their breath about what is going on in israel and the gaza palestinians and uh and people are uh taking sides and I, you know if you're not taking the side of humanity you are really just you're just Fury. Okay, Ash's name is Fury. All right, I I figured as much. Thank you. Uh, I I I was uh I've been thinking about this. I've not really talked about this whole Israel Gaza foolishness that's going on. It's, I at this level of violence and destruction, it's just painful to watch and people want to take sides as if there's some side to take in this let me let me this is let me get to the truth of something right now let me tell you something israel white folks don't like y'all neither i i know this is hard to hear white folks western white folks in particular don't like you and muslims don't like you all right muslims palestinians They don't like you either. White folks, particularly Western white folks, don't like y'all either. So here's what I propose. Since y'all got so many enemies in the world, why don't y'all get together and be a strong united something or other? I don't care if it's two states, eight states. Get on one accord because y'all don't have any real friends in the world. Neither one of you have friends in the world. Neither one of you. Because let me tell you how I know you don't have friends in the world, because when when Hitler was marching and was and was marching uh, uh, Jewish people to 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 concentration camps, the Western world, how long did it take for them to come to you to your aid? Did they ever come to your aid, really? In the end. Right. So that ought to tell you right there. You don't have any friends in the world except each other. Uh, Muslims. You already know that the world is, is an anti-Muslim sentiment everywhere you go. Everywhere you go, people don't like Muslims. I know people will say, oh, that's not true. Show me where it's true, where it's not true. Show me where it's not true that people really care about Jewish people and really care about Muslims. Nowhere in the world is, th- does that happen, right? Except in their respective communities. They care about themselves and their community. But the world as a whole is not caring about y'all. So you could keep doing this and playing into the hands of the West. Because these wars are not serving you. They're not serving your people. They're not serving your God. They're not serving your country. They're not serving the land you stand on. It's not serving you. So keep killing each other. And it's going to be last man standing. So, yeah, you could keep lobbing bombs. Somebody's giving Palestinian bombs. Somebody is giving Israeli bombs. Y'all got people who are happy to feed you weapons, but not happy to serve you peace. Happy to serve you weapons, but not standing there to give you peace. Not coming in there saying, let's stop this. Now, yeah, now people, people on the surface will say, we have to come together. But who's behind the scenes working on this with you? Everybody's making statements. You got that dumbass DeSantis running around saying all these things about Palestinians. He wouldn't know a Palestinian if one came up and slapped him upside the head. He wouldn't know a Muslim if one came up and slapped him upside the head. And for him to stand up there and talk about uh, anti-Semitism, shut up. You're not helping a damn. You know what you could do? go take care of what's going on in Florida and make Florida the best possible state. But you're not doing that. You're trying to be president, which you will never be. You're not going to be president. So to my Jewish friends and my Palestinian Muslim friends, let me tell you something. Y'all have enemies on both sides who don't want to see you work for peace. That's the God's honest truth. So you could keep fighting, You could you could believe oh we're gonna stop our Hamas no you're not not gonna do it you're not gonna do it you know how you stop out you cannot you cannot meet these people you cannot meet terrorists with terroristic tactics that's not gonna work what you can do though is find a way to get harmoniously on one accord. That's what you got to do. And you got to tear down these damn walls because walls do not build community. Walls, fences, they do not build community. And you know it. We know it. Everywhere around the the world knows it. So that's all I'm going to say on this. So until we are ready to sort of see each other as human, we're going to keep having these fights. And these fights serve no one. There's no winners here. I don't care what people think. There are no winners here. And people could get in their feelings about, oh, this is an atrocity. Yes, of course, this is an atrocity. All right. At the end of the day, all of it is atrocities. All of it. There's no more atrocities on the the Israeli side than on the, there's kids dying in Israel and in Palestine. And if you cannot see that, then you've lost your sense of North Star. You've lost your moral compass. So I just want to say, listen, you both got enemies and Western enemies who don't wanna see you peaceful. That don't wanna see you peaceful. And as long as you play into that, y'all gonna have this fight, this fight, this fight, you're gonna be fighting for you. What you gonna do? So it's gonna calm down. You're gonna build up. You're gonna build up. You're gonna build up. You're gonna build up. Israel's gonna rebuild itself. I don't even know if Palestine is gonna be able to to build up, but some other somebody will come in and help them build something or whatever. And then the conflict goes because the conflict is outside conflict. If y'all got together and sat down, tore down walls, broke some bread, you know, and and really had a conversation about how we could live together, how we could live together then that would shut down all this Western influence and all this other influence, all this other Middle Eastern influence that is not serving you. Wars do not serve people. They just don't. What they do is they leave a great deal of death and destruction, a great deal of death and destruction. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just not the, it's just not the answer. And in this day and age, it is not the answer. It's not the answer. So I don't want. I I, I don't want to have these conversations because, you know, I, I listen to my Jewish friends and they and they try to have some restraint in talking to me, because they know they sound crazy when they start this whole. Oh, look what's happening to us! And I'm like, do you see me? I'm a black woman in America. I'm sorry, I'm a black woman in America. From where I sit, I was looking at people, not black people fighting and not understanding the fight so please don't try to come to me with "But well, this is what we're up against i'm sorry what <laughs> well, from what i said i y'all need to it seems to me that y'all just need to get together and have a conversation and keep working toward some solutions because as long as you're able to talk to each other you could get the solutions but you cannot talk anthro bombs you just can't, you can't it doesn't work that way uh, how how much do you so you either you wanna wipe either both of y'all both of y'all wanna wipe each other off the face of the earth? You just want to wipe each other off the face of the earth. Is that fair to say that both sides wanna wanna wipe each other off the face of the earth? Why? I know why, but until you get to that, y'all gotta stop this mess. This is terrible because Listen. There's gonna be people out there that's gonna feed. They're gonna give you weapons. They're gonna feed weapons to you. They're gonna make it difficult for you to have aid. People are gonna take sides. You know that's just what it is. But y'all can shut all that down <coughs> if you come to the peace table. It could be done. It could be done. I, I'm I'm on the side of humanity here. I. I ain't taking nobody's side. I'm a black woman in America. What side I'm taking? What side am I taking? I I don't got no dog in that fight. Not one. But I am a humanitarian, and I believe that we can live together. I believe it. Even though every day in this country, in this country, America says we don't like niggas. So I know something about not being liked and not being not being seen as, as, as legitimate. I get it. I hear you. I hear it on both sides. I see it. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. So I'm not saying this because I'm trying to have some simple solution. I'm saying it begins with sort of thinking about who is benefiting from y'all fighting like this, who benefits you are not benefiting when your people go down, you know, neither side is benefiting when their people go down. So yeah, you got a beef with terrorism. The whole world has beef with terrorism. We all got beef with terrorism. We don't like terrorists. We don't like it. I don't listen. I don't like the KKK, skinheads, Proud Boys. None of these cats, and they're American-grown terrorists. I, I don't got no love for them. You know, I don't. So I get it. I get it. And I and I and I, I get how the Palestinians feel occupied. I listen. Don't listen. Don't get mad by 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 them saying that because that's their experience. Hear that, and then work towards solutions. And then Israel, you all are mighty, but you wasn't too mighty not to see this coming. So that means somebody is not on your side. I'm just saying. Y'all, both of y'all got enemies. Both of you got enemies. Historically, you got enemies. And as long as y'all keep fighting, somebody else benefits from this. Somebody. It's not y'all. You're not benefiting. Palestinians are not benefiting. Israelis are not benefiting. This is just destruction. I see Israeli parents crying for their children. I see Palestinians. Parents crying for their children. We just got tears. And I and let me tell you this: when them tears hit the ground, who knows what's Israeli or Palestinian tears? They just tears. They're just tears. So work towards solutions and stop this destruction. Because there's no winning here. There's no winning here. There's no winning. Wars, there's no winning in wars. There's only death and destruction. Death and destruction. So come on, you, you can't distinguish the tears. The, you can't distinguish Israeli tears from Palestinian tears. They're tears. There's no distinguishing. When they hit the ground, they hit the ground, they wet. And, and, and you all going to drown in tears. Alike, so I'm I'm on the side of humanity here, because to get on a side doesn't get to solutions. It just does not get to solutions. In this particular situation, in this particular situation, there are times when you must take a side. But this particular situation, which has been going on for so long, there is no side to take. There is only there's only to get to get on the side of peace and 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 well-being for everyone you know that's that's the humanity part of it you know I, you cannot serve a god you cannot serve a god and throw rocks you just can't do it you can't serve a god and lob bombs i know i know who am i i'm a black woman in america i know i i i've seen what it's like to be hated i know what it is i, I know listen four hundred years of this mess. I get it, but y'all can't win like this and I need you to, you know, that's where I'm at and 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 sure, everything is political. I don't mind making things political because when you make it political, you could dissect it. you could break it down to as low as common denominators. you know, but when people are yapping, you got to look at what their interest is. when all these people are taking sides and running their miles and not not speaking peace over this, then you gotta you gotta ask what is their interest in this what are they hoping to gain you know because if they're not about drying tears then they're about they're about more destruction that's what I believe you know so you you could you could you could you, can, you can't missile your way out of this you can't missile your way out of these people feeling like they're occupied and and terrorists you're not gonna terrorize these people because they're not gonna they're, they're, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stand in fortitude. So terrorism is is y- yeah, it's terrorism is terrorism. I get it, but these people are not gonna yield to 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 terrorism. They built for it. So, I, come together, come together and work this out. Work it out. We need some. We need some real. See, that's why I wish Jimmy Carter was like forty years younger. So I and I wish. I wish Jimmy Carter was 40 years younger. I wish Jesse Jackson was 40 years younger. I mean, there's a whole bunch of peace, peace people out there that could get in there and bring people to the table and like at least stop stop the the, the violence. Just at least shut that down so aid could get in there and, and then we could figure this thing out. Cause I, I don't I don't know where the peacekeepers are right now. I, I don't know where the peacekeepers are. I don't I don't know where they are. You know, I, I need a bishop Tutu. See, all the good peacekeepers have have are are uh, have aged out or have left this planet. You know, we need peacekeepers. We need Mother Teresa. We need all these people to to you know uh, get over there and 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 start praying and start talking. I, I just it just pains me that that we we as humans. Are so willing to kill each other, so willing, so willing to kill each other, so willing, and and with good cause, you know, you know, we'll we will explain away murder and wars with 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 great conviction. We will. We could do it. We've done it. <laughs> we're doing it. You know, we're doing it. So until we until we start to say uh, uh, we are every man and every man is us until I, until I can say, and listen, that's no easy feat. Cause I, I, I am not interested in sitting across from white supremacists. That's not the work I'm called to do. I'm not interested in sitting breaking bread with Klansmen and skinhead and that's not the work that I do, but there are people in the world who are willing to do that work. Do you see what I'm saying? Everybody can't do that work, but there are people who are willing to do that work. I'm not one of them, but what I am willing to do is have an open mind and say, let us call to order. Let us get ourselves in communion. I'm, I, I can do that. And then the people who do that peace work, I get out the way and let them do the peace work. And that's what we need in this Israel-Palestine war. We need peacemakers to come in and calm heads and hearts, not feed them more weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> oh, you need more guns. <laughs> you need more ammunition. Oh, you need this rocket. Oh, you need to go and do this. Oh, you need to get on the ground. You can really kill people. Because that's what you're going to do. You're going to go and just slaughter people left and right. And there's no right to this. I just. I don't. Why can't we be better humans? What is this? I know. My attentions are are. Uh, I, listen, we have the capacity to think about a great many things at once. So I can think about what is happening here in the United States, as well as pray uh, for what is happening in in the in 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 the Middle East, and and I can also turn my attentions to parts of Africa where there's fighting going on, right where folks is trying to expel the french. <laughs> I'm not condoning I'm not condoning any kind of violence because we're the only animals on the planet that are blessed with language, of spoken language, and we don't use it. We're not using it. And we have the skill set. So I I just I just I need peacemakers. I need an arm. I don't even want to say army because I hate that word too. we We need We need a gathering of peacemakers to start the peacemaking process. Not people to stand up and declare a side. That's not needed. It might make people feel some kind of way, but that's not what's needed here. What's needed is real peacemaking, real attempt attempts at peacemaking. And, and, and cool cooling heads and not more bombing and destruction and tears. That's that's not what we need. So so that's where I am with this. And I, I I've got I've got um folks who I care deeply about who are Jewish and I've got people that I care deeply about who are Muslim. I was married to a Muslim. Uh, I have dear, dear friends who are Muslim. I have dear, dear friends who are Jewish. And, uh, and and I and I know their hearts and minds. And 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 they are sick and troubled by these turns of events. And they are being prayerful about these turns of events. You know. Uh, so I, I know that i know that and and everybody is trying to be uh which is good cuz this is a, a test to our humanity that we that we listen to our jewish sisters and brothers and hear what they're saying and at the same time we listen to our muslims our muslim brothers and sisters and hear what they're saying you know and 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 once once everybody has said what they needed to say and and put their put their their pain and suffering on the altar, on on all the altars, then we could get to some peace brokering. Then we could work toward peace because war is not the answer. It's It's just not, it's, wars are not sustainable. You know, they're just not sustainable. They're expensive, they're labor intensive. The loss of life alone ought to make us say never again the loss of life alone, you know, uh, we should say never again. So I, I would say pay attention to to all these declarations of sides and, and what these people get out of taking a side if they're not taking the side of humanity in any of this. Who is benefiting from, from this con- conflict, this war? Who is benefiting from this? Directly and indirectly, you know, who who got gains from this? Um, that's 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 what's on my mind. But the but I, I we have to we have to we have to uh, stop this suffering because this is all this is is suffering unnecessarily. Like this is this is not a, a environmental thing. This is not a natural disaster. This is a man-made calamity. Like like people are doing this. Like people <laughs> are destroying people. Wholesale. Wholesale. So, this is on us. So anyway, um Ash Fury is uh up next. Who See, I think she's genius. She's got to be genius with with all all the stuff that she gets to do and all the awards and stuff. She's got to be genius. I can't wait to talk to her. You know, and she seems relatively young. So I, I, I hope I'm not using mis mis misusing pronouns. Uh, but they will come on and tell me what 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 they prefer. But Ash Fury, and uh, and I'm fascinated by this whole notion of sensory sound, gin, animal. You know what that looks like, and what the thinking is behind that. Like, like okay what if i do this what 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 am i gonna experience like what's what's the deal give me the 411 while i drink my tea because i i'm just fascinated by this and high five to the schwarzman center for trying to bring some of the coolest ish around they just bring some of the coolest stuff i don't i don't know if they're just like we we're gonna look around and see what's out there and we dig it so i'll be back at 10 15 y'all hang out
1: You can only speak for you love me can we stay together like when we used to be in love but now you got your head on another line girl we had a good day but now you've turned
2: Say, love, the weather was almost as pretty as you Love, I was nervous but still I had to get it out Hey girl, here you go, gotta let you know, that it's amazing It's how I feel And then it's when the earth still still When we found in That's when my life found purpose When we fell in love I knew that I was done with searching When we still still i can't believe i found love that's oh so real i saw an angel the other day resemble you i was sure that love had come around I would never leave
0: hour of love bath, love talk i'm waiting for my great guest to come ash fury i can't wait to talk to them to hear about all this uh interesting concept of sound and sensory so uh i expect they'll be popping on any minute now and uh we'll, yeah, we'll see what happens <laughs> uh we'll see what happens i'm looking forward to it uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. The weather, although today I think the weather's going to be a little, a little bit challenging. Um, uh, I think rainy, not rainy, sunny, not sunny, that kind of thing. So let me, um, let me tell you a little bit about, uh, Ash. I talked a little bit about her, them, they, uh, she, uh, earlier in the first hour but I want to I want to go to her website so um, so on our website Ash, Ash Fury is a sonic artist who blends uh, uh, installation and performance uh, called purely visceral and staggeringly original by the New Yorker Uh, Fury's full body sonic experiences work on the senses in startling ways. The recipient of two Lincoln Center Emerging Artist Awards, not one, but two, uh, and a Guggenheim Fellowship, a Rome Prize in Music Composition, a DAAD Artist Artist in Berlin Prize, a Foundation for Contemporary Arts Grant for Artists, a Fulbright Fellowship to France, a Stuttgart Composition Prize, a darmstadt uh Kronitz, Kronitz steiner Music Prize, and a Mellon Postdoctoral Fellowship from Columbia University. Fury holds a PhD in Music Composition from Harvard University, is associate professor of music at dartmouth college and was named co co-artistic director of the industry la in 2021 so uh busy 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 and celebrated <coughs> excuse my call. busy and celebrated so i'm looking forward to uh hearing about what animal is and uh Uh, it opened to a, uh, uh, it opened a benefit concert for the kitchen at Town Hall Theater in New York on April 23rd of this year, 2023. And, uh, and, and then there was a, a long play on Sunday, May 7th at the Mark Morris Dance Center. Uh, so there's, she's busy, busy. There's a lot going on here. Uh. So I'm 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 interested in hearing about how do you gather people to listen to music in this at this level, and what does that look like, and what does that mean, you know, and what is the expectation uh, of of uh, uh, and the experience of this kind of listening? I'm fascinated by it. So anyway, uh, I'm waiting for her to uh, pop in. And uh, join the discussion, the conversation. I don't, I don't know if she's on the East Coast or the West Coast. I know she, I know she's got her performances kick off on the twenty first at the Fortnum Center, uh, through the twenty eighth. But I don't know if she's uh here or traveling or whatever. So I mean, she she picked a a gorgeous time of year to come to Connecticut. It's it's, it's a lovely time of year. So we'll we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, okay, so, uh, they're just trying to uh, uh, they're just trying to figure out where where their artist is. All right, we well, we'll figure it out.'ll we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. So anyway, uh until while they locate her (laughs) she has the information she can log in from anywhere i hope she's not trying to go look for uh she can log in from her phone that's the beauty of all this virtual stuff you can just log in from wherever you at and uh you know be a part of the conversation so uh so yeah i don't i didn't pull up any of her music from uh youtube or anything like that uh so uh uh so i i don't know what it was i don't know what it's uh i don't know what it's like because i haven't listened to it i don't know if if, if it's something that i could pull up and listen to they didn't send me any tracks so uh so I'm just imagining that uh, it's one of these things that you have to experience to experience it. So anyway, they do, they try to do some cool stuff at the Schwarzman Center. They're trying to bring some some uh some stuff that you ain't never seen before to the Schwarzenegger, which I kind of dig. Uh, yeah, Maurice wants to jump on that. Yeah, come on, Maurice could jump on because he could talk about this. Because I bet you, uh uh that would be helpful that would be good yeah so and he could talk about this kind of this kind of music because Maurice is an artist too and uh and uh uh innovative and doing interesting things with sound and visuals and senses so i i bet you he could talk about this uh uh all day so so I think Maurice is gonna jump on and we're gonna talk about this this uh this performance and <laughs> see see how it goes. Cause I, I'm curious about it because I, I wanna understand it. I wanna understand what 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 it's about, you know. Uh because you know, it's it's one of these things where you just, you know, you you hear people doing innovative stuff that's never been done and uh and you're like, wow. Uh, and I'm fascinated by by people's artistic uh, conceptualization of things, like how they how they figure out how to do this, you know. But they hear something; does something strike them? And it's like, you know, because you know when you listen to music anyway, you listen to it with your whole self. So uh, so I'm fascinated by that. So Maurice will jump on and and he'll set me right, <laughs> he'll get me. He'll get me thinking about this in just the right sort of way, uh, so that I could, I could uh, wrap my brain around this, and uh, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that'll that'll work out. So, yes, now <laughs> that'd be great. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm controlling the uh the the weight room. Harry has to step away. So, so here is Maurice, who who had a who had a uh, who is a musician in his own right, and uh, and uh, loves to sort of uh, 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 be, is a great creator and innovator of, of sound. So, hey Maurice, nice to see you.
3: Hey, nice to see you again. Yeah.
0: Thank you for for jumping in and talking about this. Because, you know, Maurice, if anybody would know about this kind of immersive music sensory kind of thing, it might just be you.
3: (laughs) I've been looking forward to this immersive sensory thing. In fact, this has been um, uh, a long time coming for us. And I'm really excited to see what what Ash has created. I don't know if you recall this because this was, uh, wasn't was very widely publicized, but Ash did get a chance um, last academic year to come in and explore the space and um, even give a few members of the Schwarzman Center team a little sampling of the kind of work that they might do in a space as unique, acoustically unique as the dome. So I really think this is going to be uh, a treat.
0: Okay. so So, I mean, Ash has a has a lot of credentials. <laughs> She's I, I would imagine yeah. it's ge- genius level kind of stuff, right? Like this is genius level kind of stuff. So um so you all commissioned this particular piece. It's called Animal.
3: Animal, a listening gym. And um so the animal um component is the part that you will indeed need to experience. Um, the listening gym uh, piece, I think, is a, is a bit easier to explain, but also, indeed, something that is uh, is, is going to be certainly worth try, uh, stopping by at the Schwarzman Center. So, the listening gym, you know, you think about, and it's, it's often been described as a hit workout for the senses. You know, this idea of going into um, a gym and having these stations that are set up on um, these these instruments. I'm going to use hard quotes here. These instruments that um, are physically engaging, and then um, bring the room alive with sound and can be played uh, in concert with one another as people are working out, so to speak, in the gym.
0: Wow! Yeah. I, so have you have so you've not seen this happen yet? It's going to happen.
3: I've seen a, a teaser of this happening, so I have a, a little bit of an idea on the Schwarzman Center website. You go to schwarzman.yale.edu under events and then click on um, Ash Fury, you will see the, uh, there's a little video that you can play that will give you just enough to wet your appetite uh, to come in and uh, to come in and try it out on your own.
0: So what was it about Ash Fury that made y'all say, commission a piece and come do it over here? Like what was right. it about so, that work?
3: Yeah, so this particular work, uh, we were really fortunate that it came in through our uh, collaboration with Bryce Desner, As you may know, Bryce Desner has a multi-year residency an artist in residence in music here at the Schwarzman Center. And Ash Fiery was one of the artists that um, was um, curated, as we like to say, uh, by, by Bryce Desner here at the center. You may also remember um, prior to Ash Fiery was uh, Natalie Joachin. And Natalie Joachin, Yvonne Lamb, um, they sort of inaugurated the dome, their first public, uh, with the first public performance there uh, with space. That um, a beautiful, more um, classically based piece. Now here we are on literally the opposite end of the spectrum with some, with something that is very um, technologically involved, very contemporary, uh, but brought to us uh, by the same by the same curator, which is really interesting.
4: So this is
0: this is this is just the thing that the dome could shine at.
3: Yeah. I think so. I think so. I think that you know this is one of. So we've often described the dome as this black box theater, except white and round. Um, The idea of it being a very experimental space where these types of immersive performances uh, can happen or um, the type of performances that might be difficult to place anywhere else that really require a unique and unconventional space. Uh, I think that this is certainly an example of that. We're not talking about a performance that um, requires or really can even sort of be done in a traditional seated uh, environment, uh, something that does require sort of some openness and some flexibility for people to move around for us to have the, uh, the objects that they can interact with um, in that space. So I think that this is definitely something that the Dome is, is really designed for.
0: Wow. And so uh, Ash will be here from, I guess it kicks off on the 21st through the 28th
3: the 21st through the 28th. So um, the live performances for Ash, uh, if you go out to the schedule and you check out a live performance, click on that register link and you see that you are on the waitlist, I would still strongly encourage, sign up for the waitlist, come out for the performance, um, we're finding that we've had great success getting folks into the performances even when the performances are waitlisted. But even beyond that, there is the so there's the live performance piece, but then there is the listening gym piece. we call it gym mode. So when uh, the exhibition or the instruments go into gym mode, um, any visitor can come in during any time that the gym is open, the listening gym is open and explore, those instruments, explode those scenes with um, either in a self-guided mode or with uh, other individuals there who are trained on the equipment. And I I would say that a a visit to the listening gym is roughly about 30 minutes.
0: Interesting. So this is like two things. You have the performance of Ash. Yes. Which is its own thing. And then the gym performance, which is its own thing.
3: Yes. Yeah, and there is a third thing uh, for those who may be even more interested in uh, some of the, maybe some of the academic thought or some of the more technical aspects of the program, we, we also have a thing called Dancing About Architecture. So Dancing About Architecture mm-hmm. uh, for the Schwarzman Center has been an ongoing event series where we talk about, um, where we put artists in conversation with uh, with folks from the academic community and professionals in practice around um their work and its relation to bodies in space and the architecture and how the architecture um, is designed in ways that um, either they have to, you know, work against change or that work very much for them and can help them to produce these sorts of experiences for audiences. And so there will be an iteration of Dancing About Architecture with Ash that takes place on October 24th from 6 to 7 30 p.m. That also is on the event website so folks can... Uh, register for that as well Well
0: yeah. I knew if anybody could like set the tone for this conversation it would be you Maurice So here's Ash
5: Hi guys I'm hey. so sorry we're in the midst of install and it just slipped my radar so forgive so me So you're
3: just So you're just upstairs we've been looking all I, over the corners I, of the, we're earth in the,
5: room. the room, yeah but it's, so it's awesome, very right. loud out there um let me just quickly get these headphones attached once
3: You're great Uh, I will stop by a little later and say hello, but I know that- you here we are, hi. Yeah, Yeah, I was just telling um, Babs a little bit about, or at least what I know of the the coming engagement, a little bit about the listening gym piece, a little bit about the animal piece. I had suggested that folks check out the preview on the website for a teaser of what's to come, but you may wanna talk a little bit more about um, animal and the inspiration behind it. I feel like you are uniquely in a position to talk about the inspiration.
5: Sure, sure, and I'm happy to be here. So happy to meet you, Babs. Um, it is
0: nice to meet you. Listen, I'm so impressed because you My what? To, by <laughs> by everything. I'm reading your bio on your website and I'm thinking Guggenheim and, and all the things. I'm like you're like genius level kind of artist. Like, I don't
5: know about that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, appreciate it's that. Thought, though. It's very impressive. Thanks. So I just wanted to Thanks. Say Thanks, thanks. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, a lot of those awards I got in a a different phase in my career where I was working with string quartets and orchestras. And I've really, as I've grown as an artist, really wanted to find spaces where i can build my own instruments and create my own worlds and really work with sound but in a way that's outside of that traditional format Um, so it's been really incredible to be here in the dome room because we really get access to this space for two and a half full weeks we're building out an entire installation that's really kind of enter an alternate universe. And as much as I love cellos and violins and have spent much of my life with them, there's not a single kind of icon of that Western music really in this space. It's it's fully alternate reality. <laughs> so oh my God, I can't
0: wait to see. I'm, now I'm all excited, right? Okay, just, good, good, good. I just came <laughs> off uh, an Afrofuturism summit. Amazing. So was oh, cool. much in that realm of this universe that you can create and you're doing it with sound and sensory kind of of
5: stuff yeah which is you know no no more direct way to the cosmos for me than through sound so (laughs) it feels like a futurist project for for sure all right so
0: tell me tell me the name animal like what what does that have to do with anything
5: yeah so um i have been my work has really been about the body for a very long time um and what i mean is that it's a really it works structurally on a visceral way, like it pushes at the skin, it pushes at the gut much more than it's arranging notes into patterns and into structures like we might think of in, in more traditional music. Um So visceral kind of sound has been at the core for a long time. Um, I think I've been thinking a lot lately um, inside of that focus on the body um, about I mean, really what the sensory capacities we have as animals means for this moment of collective risk um, and also on a species-wide level, collective risk, and also really what being animal means in the face of chatbots and AI that's coming. And all of this sort of, there's been some really interesting um, takes on, you know, The hubris of human exceptionalism and our distance from other species and from other sort of um, aspects of the ecology around us have. have really been about this kind of like presumption of our cognitive superiority like we're more rational we're more smart we can solve problems faster we have ethics, we have morals and now we have these forces um, these these alien intelligences these artificial intelligences that are vastly outperforming us already and will be more and more um but they can't birth babies they can't feel wind they can't touch water they can't right so there's this this kind of turning towards our sensory capacities that feels very pressing right now um and i think that's where the work you see that i'll be performing um the part of the experience that I perform, it's a highly, highly physical engagement. So yes, it's digital sound. Yes, it's electricity pumping through speaker cones. But the way I perform it is intensely athletic. And it's this really feeling my, yeah, my animal self kind of in this hyperly mediated moment. Wow. So, do
0: you know, since you brought up AI, I mean, do you, Do you, are you one of these people that will embrace AI? Are you afraid of it? Do you fear it? Do you think we're going down a path? Do you think it needs to be contained or monitored or policed?
5: I think yes to all of those things. (laughs) And I'm also excited by the the deep reflection that it, like the challenge it poses to our sense of self as humans. And I actually think that it can crack some light into, Yeah, some rigid senses of what what we are and why we are superior that could be really productive in turning us back towards a more relational frame and turning us back towards a more sense of um, our shared aliveness.
0: So how did you come to this, this deep thinking about a, a different way to express sound and sensory? Like, how did you come to this? Like, what was the moment that shifted?
5: Yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint. I think in some ways, I've always had a really intimate relationship with sound. I mean, I've been composing since I was really, really young. Um, but I'm really nowadays like, I mean, this is where I think there is an interesting link in the kind of, and you see this all across Afrofuturism, sort of speaking of Afrofuturism, but the way that this like forward thinking links back cyclically to the ancient past or these kind of symbols from you know egypt if we're thinking about certain icons of afrofuturism but i too am like really interested in the way sound was used as really a species technology like the way it was sound was in every ancient human culture no matter the continent there were practices of around shared movement and around shared rhythm and shared sound that were used to fortify the herd and like increase cohesion increase co-regulation and uh, enact catharsis and, and and really these like intense sensory rituals that helped us come together and um i think are really a part of our strength as a species um that coming together you know there's the famous kind of like human versus lion good luck human like lion versus a hundred humans good luck lion you know like our only own only, our, our strength is only in our ability to communicate and collaborate and enact this kind of shared trust and this shared planning and i think that trust and that relationality is under siege right now is is deeply fractured i think we are you know, our attention spans are under siege. I think we're radically disembodied and disassociated from our bodies in a way that is really, really, um, you know, making that that ability to sense one another and really be with the risk of right now this kind of urgent moment on our planet even more. Uh, it makes that even more out of reach.
4: Mm. So this
0: ash, this sounds very medical. Like this sounds like this could be <laughs> you. In in a in a healthcare situation, because we you know we've all seen the studies where uh, people with a, a, a dementia or Alzheimer's they might not remember people, but if you play totally. a piece of music, and it brings them back to whenever they heard that music, and totally. they are quite in that space. So it sounds like that's what I hear when I'm listening to you talk about this music that puts us back into our our, maybe our ancestral connections to the, the earth. Very very indigenous feeling, I think.
5: I mean, yeah, there's no greater wisdoms. I think that we need to turn to right now than all of those, (laughs) yeah. Ancient insights that I think, and this is sort of what I mean about that. Like there's a lot of apocalypse in AI in terms of where it could take us, but I also think it can, it can turn us back into a kind of relationality with the living with the sentient with, with the stuff of earth that we can touch and be with um in a way that like turns us back actually towards those ancient insights which have been you know so obliterated by western culture
0: so so who is your audience ash like like it, is is there a lot of musicians out there that are uh uh, doing what you're doing? Like, are, are you part of a, a collective? Like, I mean, I, I heard Maurice play that whole um, sense, music, sensory, visual artistry. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I've ever seen anything quite like that. <laughs> so, and I dug it. So you feel like, you know, you're in that vein, but maybe the ninth degree of that. So who who who's listening to you?
5: so uh, to be totally honest i'm in a kind of moment of creative evolution um i really grew up through the kind of world of contemporary music and i so writing making string quartets and orchestras sound as noisy as i could possibly make them sound uh, and i have a phd in music composition and so my early career was really um working with ensembles, some of the finest in the land and again like I could get them to make really specific noise and elaborate really elaborate really um, intricate structures that I would notate on scores. But eventually I just felt too constricted by the kind of format of the concert music uh, ritual. So we have a piece and we clap and we have a piece and it's on the stage and the audience sits here. And, you know, those parts of the scripting really felt, um, yeah, they were holding me back. And eventually instead of just detuning a double bass string, three octaves till it slapped against its sort of wood, the wood part of its body, I started making 100 foot double bass strings that were made out of braided aircraft cable and like stretched up over these five foot bri- um styrofoam bridges and those gave me these wild multi and this just like scale vibration that felt so much bigger than the human and like really felt like this this ability for me to think past again this maybe more 19th century or it's like the way we've thought about music as entertainment or as this edification of the elite and we go there to feel cultured and we go there to feel you know seen that that really emerges um, in the 1500s and and that's and then kind of catalyzes in the 1700s and 1800s into those orchestral halls and this notion of this composer being separate from the performer and And yeah, I just, I wanted to break through all of that. So it's been a collective process. Um, There are some beautiful listeners and and vibrational sound makers who will be with me in this performance, Um, in this experience. It's really not a performance because the audience actively engages in the entire installation. Um, But one of them is a really brilliant vocalist and vocal artist named Samita Sinha, who also works with vibration, comes from a very different lineage, comes through Indian classical music, and has studied Indian vocal traditions for many years, but similarly kind of took those traditions and broke them up into their most kind of primary vibratory DNA and works through that to activate this, this vibratory field. So there are, I think, lone rangers, that we find ourselves in the, wherever this netherworld is, but. I would love it if you named a genre that this this work <laughs> kind of articulates because I'm not sure what that word is yet. You let me know after you experience it.
0: <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I now I, I I I was intrigued because once I started reading about what you were doing and what you are what you are, it just sounds so groundbreaking and so innovative. Like this is just like well, from the musicians I know. This is where they want to be. They want to be in this place of I'm really creating something outside the boundaries of what I've been taught. Do you feel that way?
5: Yeah, I think I do. I like I it. think I do and I think what I what I'm excited about this is the first time so I've been building my own instruments now and instruments maybe even too small a word for what these things are. They but they're they're sound making machines. Um, and what what is special about them one of the things that i find really special about them is that they're quite the phenomena that they produce are actually quite accessible in the sense that like you don't have to have studied bach for on the marimba for 15 years to be able to perform with these instruments you can really just like walk up and touch and feel the polyrhythms emerge and Of course, there's a, you know, there's a range of familiarity. I think the way that I play them after having worked with them for years is of course, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a leap in, in kind of nuance. um, But they're quite immediate as sensations. And so I, this experience, the listening gym is the first time I'm actually inviting the audience up to touch these instruments, to really engage them physically. To have agency in performing them together and listening together as this kind of emergent organism that's moving in the space, that has um, agency to make decisions in the space. So they are, I think, both in some other plane as a kind of instrumental force, but they're also really on the ground with us because. You don't need a PhD from wherever to be able to to, to make it happen. They actually they they meet us right right where we are, I think.
4: Oh, that's good to
0: know. So that so people <laughs> won't be afraid, to be like, oh, I don't think I feel qualified to like touch. No, it. no, no, no. All right. Okay. So the performance begins or the experience begins uh October twenty-first and it runs that's through right. the twenty eighth. And then that's all between right. there, there's you're gonna be performing, and then people can have the gym experience without having you, you know, be the gym instructor.
5: (laughs) Exactly, yeah. So there's like show mode and gym mode is sort of how we're thinking of the space. Oh, I love it, I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes the space is just open like you would like an installation at a museum. You can come in wherever you want, stay as long as you want. There will be some members of this listening squad in there kind of working out the gym and there to sort of be with you, but it's very, you kind of map your own time arc through it. And then there are. I think we're doing five total shows, and these are also um, activated spaces where the audience is working the circuit with us. Um, But they are more collective experiences. So, folks, there will come the shows start. The evening shows start at seven thirty. We'll all gather together. We'll come inside. Um, The 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 guides or the kind of facilitators with me. we, We will work the circuit. I will perform Animal, there will be these moments of kind of more witnessing and and, and listening from that space of stillness. And there will be these moments where the crowd is really invited as they wish, unforced participation. These things are really beautiful also to just watch somebody else do. But whoever's got the spirit and who's ever got the urge and wants to come up and try one or roll underneath this thing or put their hand or their their body on them, they're, they're there as an invitation and as an offering.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, Ash Fury. I am yeah. so excited by this. <laughs> thank you, Maurice, for uh Priming the pump for this conversation. You're very, you're very yeah, My apologies for being a few minutes late, Almost guys. Fine. Um, Maurice, um, yeah. Maurice was a great you. He really Amazing. was.
3: <laughs> so, Babs, Babs, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that. Uh, so, we've got a listening gym on the 25th. We also have performances on the 26th and 27th. On the 26th and 27th, the well, our 21 and up pub on the lower level, will also be open from 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. So, I think before or after. Um, before or after Ash Fury's performances, you can meet me and grab a drink down. Oh, I hall.
0: love it. Oh, you don't say less. say less, say <laughs> less. <laughs> I'm good. Well, I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to look at my calendar and figure out when I could get one of these performances experiences in because now oh, my okay. interest is Pete. Thank you, Ash Fury. You
5: are so talented. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait to meet you uh, in just a couple of days.
0: Yes. Thank you, Maurice. I'll see you at Thank the web. Well. Take <laughs> care. All right. Enjoy your Monday. Bye. This was good. All right. So I, I guess I'm going to look at my calendar and figure out what I'm going to do. In the meantime, uh, I'm on my way out. Thank you, Harry Droz. Tomorrow, uh, I do believe there is a guest. Uh, oh, Harry. Sylvester Salde- uh, Salcedo is coming on. Uh, it's Fil- Filipino Heritage Month. Remember Fil- uh, Sylvester so he's coming on tomorrow morning at 10:15 and we're going to talk about Filipino heritage month. So uh tune in tomorrow. I'll be back. I'll see y'all. <laughs>